right. What a great day. What a great day. Today, I had the privilege of going to the project management uh, uh, talk for some credits. You know, in different industries, you have to uh, maintain so many credits. And we have a, a monthly luncheon, so I went to a, month, a monthly dinner that I went to. And man, there was a guy there, uh, John Van, uh, John Van Alder, who talked about the power of positive leadership. And there was some, you know, I, I talk a lot about leadership, and I've probably hit a lot of the points, but I only grab those little nuggets that really can help you, that help you to understand the importance of you and the difference that you make. So those are the things I really hit on, and those are the things I wanted to cover tonight to kind of maybe give you some more ideas and things to put in your repertoire to think about and to utilize and to understand about you and about how you can become more confident within you by just understanding these ideas a little bit better. So we start out, he talked about positive, positive leadership. And he made some interesting statements. He said, culture drives organizations. That is, culture drives organizations. But relationships drive culture. And positive thinking drives relationships. And choice drives positive thinking. So let's think about that. Choice drives positive thinking. What does that tell you? That means that we have a decision to make. It's in our power. Every morning we get up. We choose whether we're going to be positive on the positive side or negative on the negative side. And that's where the difference is. Because, see, we choose, if we choose positive, then that positive drives relationships. And if we can have positive relationships, that's going to drive organizational cover, uh, organizational culture, excuse me. It's going to drive organizational culture. And what we found out about culture is that culture beats strategy any day. Boom. So if culture beats strategy, and we can drive culture back to relationships and relationships back to positive thinking and this positive thinking being positive choice. If we make a positive choice, we can affect things on many levels, but it all starts with the choice we make every morning. So we gotta make the right choice, let's go. So that's the, that was the first note I wanted to make, is that positive thinking is a choice, and that's one of the points he made. Another one was um, that positive thought, again, build, it helps us build cultures of positivity 
which we talked about, that's driven by relationships and positive thinking. It all starts again with you. Change your thoughts, change your mind, change your place in life. So culture beats strategy. Now, get this, and I did this, and I'll tell you about it again. He said that the mind craves what you feed it. Isn't that fascinating? So let me kind of explain that. I was in Iraq. I had a desk at a, in a, a building, and um, you know they were. It was like a cubicle setup, like you find in a lot of companies. So we start again with choice, positive choice. I decided to get a little bored and put a little positive note up on the top right corner of my desk every day. So I began doing that, putting that note up on my desk. And uh, everyone would come by, they'd see the note, and I really didn't think that a lot of people were, um, were actually reading it or if it even made a difference. But then one day I forgot to put it up. Several people stopped by my desk and said, where's the positive note? That only solidifies the mind craves what you feed it. And I was feeding positive to these guys on a daily basis, thinking I wasn't doing anything. But it was affecting them in a positive way, and they began to crave that. Let's play that forward. Um, when I left my other job and then I, I got picked up by a friend where I work now, I decided to start that up again. I first began it by talking to my children, talking about I wanted to send a positive note to them every day. Were they in it? And they said, yes. I said, great. So I started sending them positive notes uh, almost every day, but at least at least a few times a week. But then I thought, man, this charges me up. It probably charges them up because they said to keep doing it. So why don't I send a positive note across my job? Man, what a powerful reaction I got. They loved it. And here's the thing. Just like when I was in Iraq, I didn't think it was affecting anyone in a positive way or a negative way. I just didn't think people really paid attention. <clears throat> Excuse me. But beware, my friends. Beware what effect you have. John Maxwell talks about the fact of compounding. If you talk about a bank and compound interest, the effects of compounding is powerful. And so I noticed that I know now, because I've, I've been told by those in my team, it's only a team of about 10 or 15, well, 10 at the max, 10 people. But I know that it's important for me to get those notes out there. Why? Because as I begin to talk to them, even though I don't get as many comments, when I do talk to people, they say, 
By the way, I do read your note. I may not comment, but I read your note every time you send it out. Every time. So what am I doing? We talk about culture. Change uh, culture trumps strategy. Culture beats strategy. What am I doing in this small office? I'm changing the culture. And you and you hear it in conversations like, hey, you know, people uh, like I did a lot on communications, and I get conversations like, hey, you know, uh, you probably need to send something more on communication again because apparently they're having a little friction with someone else, and they're thinking, well, you know, maybe another note dealing with that issue would help. So you get notes like that, and you get notes like uh, the one I just mentioned, or a conversation like the one I just mentioned, that people say, hey, uh, I'm really I'm reading your note all the time. I always read your note. It always gives me a lift up. So what does that do? It does two things. It forces me to continuously be in and wanting to add value. And yesterday I talked about looking uh, to add, looking for opportunities to add value. It forces me in a mode that I have to continuously do that. But it also forces me in another mode to discipline myself to continuously have a positive input so I can output to people like you. Why do I want to do that? Because most of the time, every day, you're hearing negative, no, you can't do this, don't do that, every single day, and you're not getting a positive dose. I want to be that positive dose for you. So here I am. So I continue to pour in here. I continue to read. I continue to pour in notes at work. Because it's important. With all the negative coming through, if I'm not shining a light, no one is. And you need that light. And that's why I'm here. To help you to understand. And to, for you to take that. I, I, I commented to a friend at work today. I'm like, no, your self-talk is negative. you got to turn it around and make it positive. And constantly on top of that, trying to get them to understand it's important. We've got too much negative, and if we expect to continue to move forward, we've got to turn it around. We've got to turn it around. So the mind craves what we feed it. Meaning, and there's this other thing that he mentioned the word neuroplasticity. Big word, right? Neuroplasticity. It's what the, the brain does as it creates habits. You see, when you do something new, a friend of mine talked about try washing, brushing your teeth with your left hand, if you're right handed, that is, or the dominant hand, the opposite hand, your non dominant hand. The first few times, see, the brain doesn't have familiarity, so it has to create new paths of understanding of motion and, and um, coordination with the other hand because it's not used to doing that. Then after a while, it becomes easier and to a point where it becomes second nature to brush your teeth with, the op with your non-dominant hand. Well, why is that? Let's think about you uh, walking 
through the uh, the woods. You've got a friend who lives behind you on the other side of the woods. It's only like a half mile. Well, the first time you walked from your house to his house through those woods, he probably had to kind of figure out your way. Well, then after a few times, the, the trail starts to get worn and you start to see the same pattern, the same trail that you can take each time you go. A month later, that trail is more pronounced. That's what happens in your brain. Neuroplasticity is the, it's the brain creating those, those lines of, of travel through your brain as you learn new things. That's why it's hard in the beginning when you learn something because the brain's not familiar with it. That's why we say getting out of the comfort zone. It's not, you're not familiar with it. To grow, you have to come out of those normal paths and drive and create new paths. That's what you do. So how do you solidify that? One, through repetition. Two, through consistency. Three, through repetition through the mind. Thought processes are going to help you create the habits you need. And once you create those positive habits that work for you instead of against you, you then begin to move ahead in the direction that you want to go. But I think it starts in the mind and and, and then what you want, your, your purpose, your dreams, your goals. Something has to be the trigger to keep you in that direction because it's uncomfortable. Let's face it. The first time you do that trail, you hit a stone here, uh, the grass is a little high, and you got to push maybe a couple of weeds out of the way. But after a while, that path becomes pure and easy. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is. When you have a chance, look up the word uh, uh, chronomics. There's monochronomics and polychronomics. Interesting study. I'm not going to get through that here because it just blow your mind. It's just throwing some words. But that was another term that came out there. And then to end this, he made a great statement that you could take and it would make all the difference in the world. He said, true grit is success. True grit is success. Now, what is he talking about when he says true grit is success? Well, he talked about things like um, George Washington, who lost two-thirds of his battles, but yet he was you know, famous for uh, his battles in Civil War. He talked about Dr. Zeus uh, was uh, rejected by 27 publishers. He talked about the, the man that he works for was, the book that he wrote was rejected by 27 publishers. But you've got to understand, he also talked about other people that were rejected, but yet now are worth billions because they, they knew their message had to be heard. They didn't let that stop them. 
let anyone who has made it who tell you about something that happened to them that they uh, fell fell short and they had to start over again it's part of the learning process it's what i told you failure failure is part of the learning process remember success is the journey not destination true grit and success let's see if there's another few more examples i try to get some of these examples down but he's talking so fast um we're talking about dr zeus um, uh, Walt Disney. Walt Disney was fired from his newspaper because of his lack of ideas. Can you believe that? Due to a lack of ideas. True grit. That means keep going, keep doing it. Get a belief, keep doing it. And you'll make it. I'm in your corner. I'm here. I'm here every day. True grit. I'm here with you fighting the battle. Just get up one more time. Just one more time. Learn your lesson and move on one more time. And then it's going to be sweeter on the other side when you can talk about what you went through in order to make it. It's been a pleasure. It's great. Uh, yeah, it was a great talk last uh, tonight. And uh, great notes. I couldn't wait to share with you. Um, and if you're new, just coming in, just make sure you run, run back the tape and listen to it. Thank you. Have a good evening. And talk to you next time.